Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, this episode of The Horror Show is brought to you by Brian Adelman and Matt Dennis. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. They donated over at patreon.com slash I hate horror. Um, speaking of Patreon, we have stickers back in stock. So um, if you've been sitting around waiting for a sticker, I will get those to you as soon as possible. Um, we also have a bonus episode that we recorded on the way down to Wizard World. Uh, but I've been sick the last few days, so I was we were only able to pop one of those off. Um, but it was still, I think it's still a pretty fun one. So I'll put that up um, uh, probably this week. I'll try and get it up for you guys. Um, and then what else do we have? Uh, oh, also for the uh, Patreon subscribers, we're going to be doing an exclusive pin set. Uh, just like one inch, you know, circular pins. Um, but it'll be a set of three, um, some card stock and, uh, I'll like number them and things like that. Um, but I'll, uh, it'll be pretty cool. Uh, I think I'm still trying to plan them, but I'm going to get those going pretty soon. I'm buying all the equipment this week to do that. And, uh, I'll get those out to you guys as soon as possible. Um, and then just a couple other, uh, follow-up things. Thank bloody disgusting for getting us out to wizard world this past weekend. Uh, we had such a huge blast. Uh, we were basically just in meetings for like three hours and then we walked the floor for an hour and a half or so. Um, but it was it was pretty cool um never been to a con that big before and that was that was wild but uh yeah philadelphia what a great place man i've shit talked philadelphia for a long time because i've had some bad experiences out there but honestly me and joe both agreed it was like one of the best trips we've ever taken period um so it was cool um and some other news bloody disgusting network we're coming an official launch is happening. We just signed on a bunch of shows. Um, I'm, I don't know if I've ever said on the show, but I am uh, actually the, uh, I guess like the network manager. Uh, so I'm working on, um, picking the shows and things like that with bloody disgusting owners. Um, so we have the shows picked out, uh, got the hosting all set and we are just waiting to launch this, do some website stuff. Um, the finer details are going to come out very, very soon and the shows will be announced very, very soon. Um, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. And they're all going to be available on the bloody disgusting app. And of course, all of their, their websites and things like that, all shows you probably know of too, maybe a few surprises, but, um, yeah, it's going to be huge. It's going to be awesome. Um, and we've got some, uh, celebrity talent that we might be, uh, signing also. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And lastly, live events, guys, we've got some coming up. Uh, I think we're going to have a 
booth. These are not confirmed, so I probably shouldn't say them, but whatever, fuck it. Uh, we have um, a booth at uh, this flashback festival in Chicago. Uh, we might even be doing a live show there. So um, I'll keep you guys in the loop on that. That one's coming up closer. And then later on in November, I think we'll be at Day of the Dead in Chicago also. Um, probably at a booth. Uh but I don't know about a live show. We're still working out the details. So, um, you know, just keep your eyes peeled for that. If you're interested in hanging out, saying hi to us, we will be in Chicago for probably one or both of those at least. So, um, yeah, man, that is it. Lots of cool stuff going on. We appreciate all the support as always. Thank you all so much. We really appreciate it. Our rankings were huge this weekend, which was great. Um, and that's that, man. I'm recording this in a car on uh not really my lunch break i just kind of came out here so i gotta get back in and uh do my day job fuck that sucks anyway guys up next night of the creeps what a good movie so enjoy and welcome to the horror show show it dissects mutilates dismembers and butchers all of your favorite and not so favorite horror movies and other horror related events i'm sean i'm joe i'm not gonna sing welcome back this time we've got a movie this week that'll uh it's about a couple of kids they go to a magical school the magical sorting hat puts them by themselves, and then... Uh, Hopefully we watch the same movie. <laughs> then zombies come. <laughs> We're doing... Night of... <laughs> Suspense is killing me. I'm fucking dying over here. Night of the Creeps. Yes. Uh, Fred Decker. Fred Decker. What a guy. What a guy. Seriously. Did he write Monster Squad? Yes. He definitely directed it, right? Yeah. So he definitely directed it. Okay. I right. know that for a fact. And Robocop 3. And he roomed with Shane Black, who wrote Lethal Weapon. That's crazy, because then they're both, like, two genius writers sitting in the same room. Yeah, and hanging out with Tom Atkins. I mean, I guess. <laughs> if, it, if you want to give him that. Uh, yeah, he did write Monster Squad. Good for him. Wrote a lot yeah, because this movie says Monster oh, Squad. He wrote uh, Lower Birth, that Tales from the Crypt episode. Oh, the one that we did? Yeah. With the weird baby. Nice. Um, yeah, and only ended up directing. Yeah, he didn't do much. That's crazy. Robocop 3. Uh, Monster Squad, Night of the Creeps. And a Tales from the Crypt episode. The Thing from the Grave. That's it? Oh, that's fucking weird. Yeah. That's what it says. Director, four credits. 
This is weird because this and Monster Squad, like you could tell they're like amateurish, but they're wonderful. They're amazing. I wonder why he, why I wonder why he hasn't done anything else. That's weird. Uh-huh. Well, who's that other guy that does like oh shit, I'm gonna sound like a fucking idiot right now. If only you could edit. <laughs> but I don't. I know. Um <laughs> Fuck, dude. He does like kind of like comedy-ish horror. Fuck. This is going to drive me nuts. He just did a recent one and it's like, my dead girlfriend, <laughs> my dead boyfriend, girlfriend, my dead girlfriend movie. These are things. <laughs> These are things. Um, oh, fuck. I actually found it. Burying the X. Oh. Uh, oh, it was so bad, too. It was fucking terrible. And when I found out who did it, I was like, that's not good. Um, Bearing the X is um, <laughs> riveting for our <laughs> Bearing the Oh, Joe Dante. Oh, okay. Did Burying the X. Yeah, I love Joe Dante. Joe Dante is like really he, good. He did like, the Burbs. He did Gremlins. He did Matinee. Small Soldiers. Did he do most small soldiers? Yeah. Saw he, in theaters. He did out Gremlins too. I said that first. Oh, well. So fuck you. Uh no, um, but he had all these like wonderful, like really funny, um, good horror movies. And then he made this movie called Bearing the X like last year, and it was like such a pile of shit that I couldn't <laughs> even like stand it. And I was like really disappointed. Was it really that bad? Yeah, I fucking hated it. I turned it off halfway through. Like I was like, fuck that I can't even handle it. It was so bad. It was so bad. Um, all that to be said, Fred Decker did not do that. <laughs> Fred Decker just stopped. Um, and good for him. Uh, produced. Did he by, stop writing though? No, he's still like he's doing, still doing writing. Like, executive producing. And he did like Star Trek, didn't he? Yes. Uh, Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, also produced by Charles Gordon. And it's a TriStar Pictures film. Not that the matters or anything it's like just, the pegasus yeah i yeah. just really liked that intro so i had to write it down i do um, miss those to be honest with you those intros yeah oh yeah they were great they were great so um night of the creeps good movie fantastic starring slick dick tom De- don juan atkins <laughs> at his probably least slick yeah but he starts off pretty damn slick <laughs> the first time i mean opening scene i was like you gotta be fucking kidding oh me. no not that sorry after the opening scene, he's pretty damn slick because he's hallucinating. Yeah, that's or what daydreaming. I mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that is what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was an opening scene of the movie. No. Oh, yeah. I mean, of him. Oh, opening oh. Tom Atkins. Opening Tom Atkins. Okay, got uh, it. As you know, you have to break the film up into different sections, <laughs> different opening Atkins. scenes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Tom Atkins is, um, yeah, he's pretty slick in his first moments. Um, and then he is the most sarcastic son of a bitch you'll ever see in a movie, like ever, dude. Like to a point where it's actually obnoxious. He has one of the greatest one-liners that makes no sense whatsoever. Yes, uh, it, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Like basically the tagline for the movie, that one. Which one? Is just say it. Oh, when he yells, "It's Miller time!" Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, it made no sense. This is not even a pun. Dude, there's nothing going on that's like related to me. It was so weird. Um, yeah, I wrote that down. That was crazy. Also, he um, at the beginning, I mean, we should just talk about it, but I just can't. It was just like really weird the way it was written. It was almost like he ad-libbed his lines or something, or they were like, just go record a bunch of lines because his first line is like he picks up the phone and they're like, oh, Detective 
whatever his name is, I forget. <laughs> Tom Atkins, and he picks up the phone and his he says something like, "No, it's the boogeyman." And then it cuts. Then it's him investigating this crime, and they're like, "Oh, Detective Atkins," and he's like, "No, it's Bullwinkle Moose." I'm like, <laughs> is he just gonna keep saying this every room he walks into? <laughs> Refuses to call the kids by their correct names in the movie. Call, calls our main character Chris Spanky throughout the entirety of the movie. <laughs> it's unbelievable. He considers Tom Atkins considers this the best movie, his favorite movie that he's ever starred in. Um, I mean, I'm I'm not looking at Tom Atkins' biography right now, but I would probably agree with that. I mean, he was in Lethal Weapon as the bad guy, right? Or he's not the main. No, no, he's like. He's in a building. He's definitely in a building. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like, well, that sums it up. <laughs> am I thinking? I don't know what I'm thinking of. I think I looked up a. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Tom Atkins. Um, yeah, he's really good in this. Though, I mean, besides how corny he is, it's really cool. Like, I don't know. This movie is great. It was great to revisit. I haven't seen this in years, so um, this was like a, a little bit of a trip back for me, man. Yeah, I remember watching it in college with Paul. What What would you... You, um, you know how, how hard he laughed at the Miller time? Of course he did. So loudly. <laughs> uh, what would you... How did you rate this movie? I think it's a five-star movie. I think it's pretty close. Well, it's five-star. It's kind of like what happened with Get Out for me, where I was like, I don't want to give it five-star because there's like these weird things that like... But then I'm like, but it's... Perfect. Like, I can't think of actual reasons why. Like, it's like these little things where I'm like, yeah, mm. I like, can't even nitpick little things. And then things I'm like, well, why? Who cares? Like, well, I mean, like, I'm sure I, I'll get over it with my <laughs> fucking notes. But anyway, yeah, I, the reason I like this movie so much is because it's like a love letter to 50 sci fi and B movies. It is. Did you notice all the characters' last names? No. Oh, you didn't? No. So, JC. Yeah. Um, his name is James Carpenter Hooper. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, Jason Lively's last name is Romero. Cronenberg. Uh, Atkins' last name is Cameron. There's Landis. There's oh Rainey. Minor. They're all named after horror directors. That's insane. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's amazing. And uh, one of the ladies is watching Plan 9 from Outer Space. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I caught that. A lot of, there was a lot some of other cuts. And the cat's name was Gordon. Yes. I saw that. Um, after Big Stew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Um. So we open up to not what you're expecting. Um, you open up to a bunch of little butt-ass naked aliens running around. <laughs> With the silliest puppetry. The cutest, most disgusting at the same time, little aliens with sewn up little buttholes, like no buttholes. <laughs> they look like Pillsbury Doughboys that got like, like if I had to make a Pillsbury Doughboy out of clay, <laughs> like they were like, make a Pillsbury Doughboy. That's what th these look like. Like they're just like, oh, that is horrifying. They were. And while while I was watching it, I was like, I'm kind of impressed because this movie clearly was like lower budget that they were able to pull off puppets like that. They were good. Yeah. Everything is good in this. Um, and the, the aliens are like talking and screaming at each other. And it's subtitled in the alien, in the alien language. language. Yes. Genius. <laughs> uh, they're running around and well, I think like one of them gets in a canister and like shoots himself to earth. I don't even know exactly what happens. No, it's not him that, that shoots to earth. He just, he sends the canister to earth. Yes. Oh, yes. 
And then the other ones are mad. They're like, give us our slugs back. Yeah, because it, it was, <laughs> I think it was like an experiment they were doing. Oh. And he's running with one and they want it back. <laughs> and he puts it in the cancer, shoots it into outer so space. weird. Um, and really plays no, no part in this movie other than to explain why there's slugs on Earth that, that invade you, turn you into a zombie. Which is cool. I'm okay with it. Like I like that. It's fun. Like everything about this was fun. That I think that was what it was. I fun. like that the slugs are extra extraterrestrial and that's why it's taken over. Yes. And you don't need like a mangler expert to explain it to you. You just like roll with it. No, that was although other, JC's kind of like a mangler expert. Kind yeah, kind of. But like kind of not. I don't know. Like I thought that too, but I was like I don't know. Like the way they explained things was just like, and and like no one was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like that's, that's what I liked the most. Like they see a zombie and like six cops see it. Like the first zombie that ev- they encounter, everyone's Every, that's true. And they're everyone's like, holy shit. But like no <laughs> one's really going, holy shit. They're just like, well, kill it, I guess. Like, <laughs> like no one's really like, did you just see that? Like that's especially true in the finale. Yeah. Because normally in like the trope is every, like people are like, this can't be real. Yeah. But everyone's like, holy fuck. Let's yeah, like as soon as people saw him, they're like, whoa, that's a dead guy. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like, holy shit. Um so uh, after the, the space invaders shoot the little canister to Earth, we cut to Sorority Row, 1959. Um, they're showing this like, well, it's in black and white, which yes. is awesome. He wanted the whole movie to be black and white. Okay. I, think I like better that the 50s is black and white. Yes. And then it's, I agree. I agree. It was just enough. And the, the green and blue font that they used for the credits during the black and white scene was like amazing like that overlaid on the black and white it just looked so good um we uh we get this couple johnny and somebody uh and they're driving around and we also hear on the radio that there is a man from a mental institution on the loose he's an axe murderer very 50s like it felt (laughs) so uh, you know what i mean like the urban legends and stuff because um, all all the teens drive to like the top of the cliff. Yeah, they go to make out point. The cops come. The the cop ends up being this girl's ex boyfriend, uh, and the cops kind of just like get the fuck out of here. Then they see a, a, the see a biggest, meteor flash, biggest meteor ever. <laughs> it's like flying ten feet over their heads though. And uh, and of course Johnny's like, we gotta go get that. Would you do that, dude? The answer is yes. I have in my notes. Yeah, a hundred percent. You 100%. Because your first thought is like, what an idiot. Dude, that's what I, I wrote. Sorry, I wrote, I wrote, so naturally he goes over to get them. And I wrote it like, naturally. And then afterwards I was like, well, naturally, yeah, I, w- I, I absolutely yeah, would go. Of course you would. Naturally. Oh, shit. I got to go see Follow a was. meteor. A hundred percent. And I would touch it too. Yeah. Uh, After everything I've ever seen. Oh. <laughs> you know what would honestly steer me away from that is that fucking Stephen King bit in Creepshow. Oh, you, you don't want to turn into a plant? Dude, you know what? That is one of the most horrifying shorts I think I've ever seen. Like, okay, like, let's say you go out in your backyard, you see a meteor land in your backyard, and you see it, and it's sitting there, like, steaming. There is no way. I'm getting chills right now. There's no way I'm touching that thing after seeing Creep Show. I would want yes, to would. so bad. I would poke it with a stick at least. <laughs> yeah, I'll stick okay. it. I'll <laughs> stick it. But I can't touch my fingers. Oh, Jordy Merrill! I would you fucking idiot! I would one hundred percent pick it up barehanded and just bring it to my house. Put it in your mouth yeah. <laughs> to cool it off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jordy! 
Oh man, it's awesome. Uh, no, that scares the shit out of me though. If that that short like really freaks me out. Um, so Johnny goes into the woods, leaving his uh, gal alone in the car. Uh, <laughs> After they were warned. See that that's the bigger problem. That is the bigger problem. <laughs> like there's an axe murderer on the loose, <laughs> and a cop came up to your car out of concern and was like, "Get the fuck out of here." Yeah. And they were listening to it on the radio. Yeah. I mean, there's a hundred. <laughs> Everyone knows about this. And then they like split up. So, um, and uh, Johnny kind of, we see him messing with this canister. We see a slug go into his mouth. Um, and his girlfriend. She's like screaming for him. They're shot so well. Like the one thing, the one takeaway from this is like, I love the shots in this. Cause like first you see her in the car, like looking into the woods nervously. And then you see like this foot step down, clearly the, the mental patient. And you're just like, that's fucking great shot. But then the even better shot is her sitting in the car and him just standing behind the car, watching her with the axe in his hand. Like you could tell Fred tried to put like every trope he'd ever seen. Into it was amazing this because though. like I feel like I've seen that shot a hundred times, but I can't pinpoint like where. No, and it, and it, it works nailed, so yeah. well, and, and it was just really good. The uh, another great line was before he, or maybe it was after he left, but she's uh, sitting in the car and she's like, "Johnny, can we go back now? I'll even let you fondle my breasts." <laughs> what a fucking. Uh, line i'll take that i'd be like yeah i'm i'm done farting around in the woods i'm good uh cut to pledge week 1986 we meet our two main characters jc and chris yes blake lively's brother he got the looks of that family is that really her dude i almost made a joke that it was blake lively's like Oh, I was gonna say dad, <laughs> dad. But I was, I was like, it's not. So that's jokes, whatever. No, it's her brother. That's insane. And her sister was a teen witch. Oh, look at that! Yeah, what a family. <laughs> um, and uh, these two guys are. We, we, you hear them before you see them, and you hear one of them being like, "We're just a couple bitching guys <laughs> on the prowl for major league babes," uh, and then you zoom in, and. You've got two of the biggest dorks you'll ever meet. Uh, one is on those crutches, um, like the ones that like attach to your bicep. I don't know what those are called. They're just called crutches, I think. Yeah, those oh. crutches. But they've got like the handles and stuff. So it's like what uh, the kid from Breaking Bad has. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, one of them has that, which doesn't make him a nerd. He's actually the cooler of the two. Yes, he is. He's actually very cool. I would hang out with that guy, JC, all day. Uh, the guy that's not cool is Chris. And uh, he's uncool basically most of the movie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much until the end. I loved JC. I thought JC was an amazing actor too. The guy who played yeah. JC. I yeah. thought he was really good. Like, and his lines were so fucking good. His like quips and stuff were so fucking funny. Like he he is honestly what sold like the beginning of the movie for me. Like I was like, this kid is great. Yeah, because he's such a wise ass. To everybody. The biggest wise ass. And then I love it because it's not just wise ass. And then people are like, oh come on, man. It's like wise ass, and no one gets it. Right. Like they like are like, what? What did he just say to me? Like the way he talks is amazing. He calls. So in the next scene. We see like jocks and stuff. Yes. And he calls one of them the missing link. Yes. And that guy does not get it because he is the missing link. And like they don't, there's no reaction to it whatsoever. Like there's no even pause for the audience to be like, oh, that's funny. Like, right. He just, it's like conversation. It's like like what we did. What happened if you did it to someone? Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. And uh, so they see this girl that Chris is like immediately like, I'm in love with her, which is bizarre. And see, JC is the first one to point it out. He's like, well, 
you know, you might want to talk to her first before you <laughs> jump into that ship. Like, um, and they, they see her that she's going into the beta house who they hate. Um, and not to mention they probably weren't invited to that party, but they definitely, they, they go into the beta house, which is better than any party I've ever been to combined. <laughs> Right? That party was like, there, dude, there was like a full bar. There was like neon signs. Jagenberg party. Ain't no party like a Jagenberg party. A Jagenberg party literally doesn't stop because he locks you in a garage. Right. And read you stories. There's full bars at Jagen's parties. Yeah? Yeah. Not like this, though. Like, I mean, that's all I could think about was Jagenberg in this scene and just thinking how I was locked in a garage. And that is not a fun party. Those big guys with eyebrows. Like, that was, that was the type of crowd. Yeah, guys, I guess. One continuous I mean, these guys were like in their 40s, though. Exactly. Oh, well, yeah, yeah I forgot. <laughs> he, he literally was it's like a 15 years old. <laughs> um, do you remember Lacrosse House at Eastern? That was his house. Oh, that was his house? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so that was a nightmare. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was well, exactly he couldn't like play on the lacrosse, too, because he was too old. He'd been there for too long. He had too many, like, credits. <laughs> I can't believe he lived there. Okay, yeah. so that was my first experience with him, too. Yeah. yeah. That's so funny. I did not know that. I thought he was just a drifter. No, that was, that was <laughs> The <himself>. Eastern drifter. <laughs> Fucking wayward soul at Eastern. Um, that's funny, lacrosse house. That place, that was, like, one of the first parties I ever went to. Same. And... Yeah. They were immediately like, what are you doing here? And I was like, uh, and I just walked in. <laughs> like, it's almost like if you didn't say anything, they couldn't see you. It was like a T-Rex. It was like, you just slowly walked through anyway. And they were just like, uh, all right. I told the story the first time I saw him, he was on a roof. And it was probably like the second or third time he was up. <laughs> He was upstairs at the cross house where like most people enter yeah. and the bathroom is right there and the door is open. And he's taking a shit and just screaming. Somebody needs to go buy toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> screaming to people. <laughs> like that is so fucking vile. He's like the closest human being to Gigi Allen that like. He's not that. He's more like. Like uh, if you if you took away like I don't know. Like, if you just encouraged him to be more of an artist when he was a kid, he might have ended up like Gigi Allen. He was so close. Like, all he needed was the wrong crowd to uh, encourage him. He was so, so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I love that guy. Um, uh, I have a note here that literally makes no sense. Inside, they realize he's with a guy. Oh, she's with a guy. And they go to the party. Um, the girl yeah, that they're in love with is, da- is dating. Uh, I thought she was dating the missing. I could not tell the girls apart in this movie. Because then there's that guy with the like feathered hair. Yeah. The young Bradster. Yeah. Bradster. <laughs> the fucking Bradster. And like, like, I swore they said Cynthia. Speaking of good acting, that guy plays like the atypical 80s teen preppy asshole. Perfect. Perfect. And not even in like. I don't even know how to explain it. Like, I just loved this movie. Again, like, it wasn't over the top. Like, it wasn't the whole, like, oh, yeah. It's like, because he's a rich kid, like, with the, the the sweater and shit. But, like, at the same time, he was way more natural. Like, way more believable than, like, yeah. the, the other 80s ones. You know what I mean? Like, it, like Better Off Dead and it, shit like that. What year did uh, Night of the Creeps come out? Um, for some reason. It was 86. 86, so, yeah. So, it came out in 86, and the Pledge Week takes place in 86, yep. and they act like... They're from 1986. Like they just act like themselves. Yeah, it was really good. Um, so, yeah, the girls with I don't know. The, there's a girl named Cynthia and a girl named Cindy. 
Cindy's the main one, but I swore they said Cynthia. I, I was so confused, but um, they CJ uh, JC approaches her and is trying to get her to hook up with Chris, which is like, what a good fucking guy. It is what, wing, wingman of the year. Dude, 100%. And he's basically like, why won't you go talk to him? And he's pretending he's like, I'm his agent, and he wants to talk to you. Um, but she won't because she has a boyfriend. And then he goes back to Chris and doesn't even break the news to him. He's like, oh, I think you got a shot. Which Maybe not wingman of the year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Chris just goes, I think I'm in love. So, Take it easy, yeah. man. Slow, slow down a bit. Take it easy. Um, or, or he doesn't know what love is. Um, so they decide most definitely <laughs> they decide they're going to pledge to the betas um, to try and get the girl. They think that's the key to winning her heart is being a beta. Um, and they go, you know, the, the 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 frat sits them down and they say, you know, you're going to have to prove that you want to be with us through an act of devotion. And Chris just goes, we don't have to have sex with a farm animal, do we? Yeah. <laughs> like the whole frat's like, what the fuck's the matter with this kid? Which is awesome. Like, it, like it is so perfect. Like it's so good. Cause like, cause movies like overhype. Other eighties. Yes. Yeah. Other eighties movies would be like, yes, you're going to fuck a f- <laughs> p- cattle. Like, like, and this one's like, they're like, what? No, but it's not a terrible idea. <laughs> like, like, I wish we thought of that. If you're willing to do that, you fucking idiots. Uh, and they go, no, we have something more challenging. And it, it, like, I want to say all the dialogue in this because the dialogue was so funny because they're walking out. And he's he's like, like, you're not really going to make them do that or you don't really think they're going to do that. Yeah. And the kid's like, no. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then we, uh, Chris and JC are walking down the street. It's JC, right? Yeah. And Chris and JC are walking down the street like going to do their activity. And Chris is just like, well, at least we don't have to have sex with a farm animal. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Like, clearly it's terrible. Like, JC's like, oh, Christ. And Chris is like, well, not that bad. Right. I was all in on the farm animals. <laughs> so um, they they go off and the, we realize that the frat doesn't give a shit, like you said. Um, and we realize Cindy is actually dating this blonde dickhead. She's not dating the, like, nerd, the, the guy from Nerds. <laughs> what was that guy's name? Did he have a name? Was it, like, or- Ogre? Yes, it's Ogre. Was ogre, yeah. Ogre, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I... I know I keep going off topic here, but when you see Ogre for the first time in that movie, he's just hanging a nerd by his feet off, off the top of a house and then just starts screaming it's at so two great. people who have just arrived on campus. Dude, those, <laughs> so funny. those movies like scarred me as a kid, like as being like, man, like I'm not going to college. Like, why would I go to college? This is fucking insane. Also, do you remember the band, The Nerds? Yeah. The cover band? Yeah, they've always played at Toad's Place. Yeah. I would always get hammered to scream nerds like Ogre at them all night long. Did you really? Dude, I was just talking to a guy that I work with here. He's a little older than us. And I was like, hey, man, do you remember the nerd? Because he's from Danbury, um, which has like some of those like weird small venues, like Tuxedo Junction and shit. And I was like, do you remember this band called the Nerds? And he was like, oh, my God. He's like, did you see them? And I was like, yeah. He's like, I saw them when I was like younger, like in my day. He's like, and I was like, that's so funny. I was like, and I said to him, I was like, man, I wish I could see him now so I could just go and just be like, no. Literally all I did. Brian's band used to open for them all the time when they would play. So I would always go and I would get like blackout drunk, just ruin their sets by screaming that at them. And I was wondering, did they ever say anything to you? I have no clue. Oh, you don't remember? Because I was like, I was like, imagine that. Like they would have to like break care because this band 
for the, everyone that doesn't know who the fucking nerds are, they dressed like the nerds from Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. Or just like prototypical nerds. And they covered like Weezer and stuff. And they covered, yeah, they covered everyone. And it was not a bad time. Like they were a decent cover band. Yeah, very fun. And, but they, dre- the lead singer looked exactly like the nerd, the main nerd from uh, Revenge of the Nerds. But I, I was like, they would have to, and they were in character like the whole time. Like they were, acted like nerds and stuff. And I was always telling them that. I was like, they would have to break character and be like, come on, asshole. Well, if anyone can make anyone break character is drunk Joe <laughs> at age 21. <laughs> well, I mean, your whole goal is like, I'm going to, I'm going to break this person's I'm ruin spirit this guy <laughs> for no reason. Who's having the time of his life. It's like a hobby. <laughs> uh, anyway. So, um, nerds, man, can't live with them. Can't live without them. Uh, uh, so uh, what do they say? Oh, so uh, we then cut to a scientist in a basement lab, very clearly a basement lab. Yeah. Um, and our two lovable losers walk in um, and they sneak into a room where they find a, a man, Johnny from the first scene in the 50s. And he's in a tube yes. all hooked up. Love the tie bat, the throwback. Great, dude. It was oh, dude, this whole movie. Um and even this scene, like... I also love how they sneak in, because it's so typical. Just some guy making a phone call. And they're like, oh, this is our chance. <laughs> <laughs> just one guy in the building using a payphone. They're like the most top secret shit. <laughs> yeah. Zero security in this place. <laughs> uh, and they go in, and they're they're like, oh, my God. Like, what the fuck? And they're kind of freaking out, but again, not really. Like, not, like, over the top. And then JC is like, hey, look, this is, like, cryogenic chamber. And then he sees a big button that says disengage. And you it was amazing. I love the way this is shot. Because then it like takes the POV as the button. And you just see JC reaching out with his crutch to hit yes. it. And you're like, why would you touch that? Why would you touch that? Um, and I was going to ask you, would you, would you... We talked about the meteor before. Yes. Would you touch the meteor I would or be, would you steal the cadaver? One or the other? Yeah. Oh, touch the meteor. Yeah, okay. Dude, if I walked into that room, I'd be like, we need to leave. Yeah. We need to turn. Never walk into we need to leave, period. and we need to turn ourselves in immediately. <laughs> you just rat on yourself, dude. I would one hundred percent before like, you even commit it. I'd be like, "Where's that guy on the payphone? <laughs> I gotta tell him I broke." Sorry, I broke. I snuck in here, like, and I don't want to see anything else. And I'm done. I'm done. I just saw a man in a fucking tube. Um, and yeah, like I, I don't know. I just genuinely the way this movie's written is just so fucking good. I really love it. Um, oh, we should mention that this was um, brought to us by our homie. Um, Oh, fuck. I blacked it out. Uh, this is brought to us by Armando. Oh, wait. No, it's not. Armando did <laughs> Wizard of Gore. I'm sorry. Oh, this is Sagan M, who uh, I mentioned last week. Great guy. And he is not from Chicago. He's from Philadelphia. Huh? West Philadelphia, born and raised. Playground <laughs> is where he spent most of his days. Um, so, yeah. So, so thank you, Sagan. We really appreciate it. Um, and he emailed me to let me know that I uh, did not say the right name name of his city i thought he was from chicago i knew it was like a cool city so yeah so they uh hit this button jc's just like flipping switches calls the guy corpsicle uh (laughs) jc's so good um and he hits the disengage button because he's a lunatic um and then they're like all right let's move this body like they're like fine with it So, so and we also learned that the pledge thing the what they had asked them to do was get a corpse and leave it on like a rival frat's front doorsteps. Yes. Which is insane. Like you would just be like, no. <laughs> You'd be like, I think I'm gonna go home now. That's how traumatic that'd be for whoever found it. Oh my god, I didn't even think of that. Dude, you find a corpse on your 
It's yeah. it's a cr- I mean it's a crime. <laughs> it was definitely a crime. <laughs> For it's so many crimes. Yeah. Uh, that's so crazy. Um, but the body grabs one of them and they just bolt. They just run out of there um, and they knock over the uh, the scientist who does nothing to stop them. He just yells, hey, <laughs> they knock him on the ground. He could easily get back up and like try and capture the two people that just broke into a secret laboratory. And he's just like, hey, <laughs> and then he like slowly gets up and dusts himself off like a bunch of jerks. <laughs> um, hope they didn't do anything bad in there. Why would they be running away? Um, the scientist finds the body. He like goes to like pick it up and. The body grabs him by the throat. Yes. And shoots. Does it? Yeah. Spits a slug into his mouth. So we get the beginnings. I love the pace of this movie too, man. Like it wasn't like fast pace at the beginning, but they didn't really waste a lot of time. No, it's perfect backstory. Perfect setup. Yeah, it was really good. You know why everything's happening. Yeah. JC and uh, Chris are back at the dorm. They have a little fight um, because Chris is just like a depressing, sad sack piece of shit. Their back and forth is so funny. It's so good. It's so good. And JC has this like really poignant moment where he's like, yeah, I joke a lot. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, that's what life's about. And he's like, I'm not taking things seriously or else I'll be depressed like you. Yeah. And, and then they they both apologize. <laughs> Very Fuck you. You try it. You let me. You want me to. And oh, yeah. Like, yeah. You wish. And he's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is getting out of hand. It was like the most innocent conversation. <laughs> um, cut to our homie Tom Atkins. Yes. Fantasizing. <laughs> Dressed to the nines. Tom Atkins with his giant Batkins. Is what? Batkins. I don't know, bat, his dick. Why would you, why is his dick called a bat? I don't know. Oh, like a baseball bat? Yeah. Oh, I was thinking like like the animal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just screams at women. <laughs> uh, Tom Atkins on a beach in a white tuxedo, and this is when I was like, "You've got to be fucking kidding me!" And how is this going to tie together with the rest of this movie? I'm I've I've seen this numerous same, times, same. and I still thought that. Yeah, I was like, "Get the it's fuck like, wait, out!" What? Uh, and uh, he's getting fed drinks by babes, uh, and he's, but he sees a woman in the ocean. He's on the beach. He sees a woman in the ocean in a prom dress. Then it abruptly cuts to him in the 50s, but he's current. He's still like present day Tom Atkins. Yes. And he's looking at this uh, zombie hacking up the girl in the yeah. car. Um, so you kind of get a feeling he might have been there that day, but you don't know in what capacity. Um but then Tom wakes up in his dingy ass home, fucking depressing as hell. Uh, and he gets a call saying the lab's been broken into. And he says, like, who do you think I am, the boogeyman? And then he shows up at the lab and he's like, who am I, Bullwinkle Moose? <laughs> Is that what he says, Bullwinkle Moose? Yeah, he goes, no. He, he goes, uh, Detective Cameron? No, Bullwinkle Moose. <laughs> thrill me. <laughs> the term thrill me. I don't know. It's amazing. Um. They revealed that the you know the kid was in the ice since the fifties, um, but that body is missing. Just the scientists is there. The, the frozen corpse is no longer there. And of course, Tom Atkins is like, "You're an idiot," because <laughs> corpses don't walk. Um, and the Tom just Tom just gives these cops the most razzmatazz raft of shit I've ever heard. He's using so many words to just berate them and cut them into pieces. And the cops are like, "Sorry," oh, like he's talking a mile a minute. He's like. You're all incompetent. Like, just like I can't even do it. Like, and he's just like rattling off insult after insult, and they're all just like, uh, "Whoops." <laughs> um, 
And then we see immediately, and like this is why I thought it was cool, was because like you're expecting to wait a little while to see anything, and they immediately cut to the corpse walking down the street. Yeah. Like you just see his feet shuffling. Um, frat guys are on the move though. Um, Bradster and his like Porsche with the Bradster license plate. He drops Cindy off at uh, at the the sorority sorority house um and in between this we keep seeing splices of the zombie basically just showing us that the zombie's near um it's it's approaching the sorority yeah um one of the sorority girls mentions that she's storing brains in the house which barely comes back kind of comes back for weird reason um and uh, one of the sorority girls opens the window and sees the corpse right then, man. Like you are off the bat, like boom. Um, and then she screams and then like you just kind of see this shot where all the slugs fall out. You don't know what happened, though. Like you're kind of like, like, did you was that for you, too? Or did I just miss when his head explodes? Because after this scene, the cops show up and. The corpse is there with his head just split open. And yeah. you're like, what the hell? I didn't know what happened. And later it kind of is revealed, but I didn't know if they showed it or not. No. They didn't? Okay. So, yeah. So, like. Most of this movie up until the end, you don't see, like, any of, like, the kills or the. No. Gore it's really weird. It's interesting. Because, like, yeah, it cuts. And then you just see all these slugs fall everywhere. Yeah. Then you cut. And then the corpse is on their front step with its head split open. And you're like, what the hell happened? Like, you have no idea, really. Um, and, of course, Atkins shows up with, like. I've never seen more cut police in my life, ever. I've seen, like, fight. Like, it was insane. Uh, and Tom, as he's walking up to see a corpse, just grabs a rose and just, like, smells it seductively. <laughs> he's like, I need this one scene for the women to know who's in charge here. And it's me. <laughs> Atkins. Um, yeah, and it's the body they're looking for. They realize it's the body they're looking for. Um we cut to the boys the next day at class, and they're confronted. They're surrounded by the frat. The frat boys. So, who, are, who are furious. Yes, and mustachioed also. <laughs> There's like four mustachioed <laughs> men with them. Uh, and they're, they're, they're furious, and they're like, why would you do that to the girls? You scared them. We told you to put it on the rival frats. And fucking JC is like, hey, motherfucker. Like, we didn't do shit. We're too chicken shit to do anything. Um, he's like, we're too chicken shit. Like, like we, we didn't do anything. We ran out of there. Like, we didn't take the body. Um, so Bradster's like, all right. And then just kicks his crutch out from under him, knocking him this over. A dick move. Dude, such a dick move. And then he's like, come on, babe. And Cindy's standing there. And she does the uh, jack-in-the-box middle finger. Classic. Awesome. But what was even better was the crowd that had gathered around to watch this fight. Just so it's like golf clapping. <laughs> like it wasn't even like, yeah, you tell her. It was just like, oh, well played, Cindy. Like, and Bradster fucking leaves. Um, I, I love that. Uh, at the same time, old Atkins arrests our boys. Yeah. Naturally. Interrogates them. Interrogates them. Um, and Chris confesses to everything. They're like kind of playing it cool, and then Chris was like, "All right, I'll tell you what." <laughs> Fooled so easily. He's like, "We broke in, we opened it, and then he grabbed us, and we ran away." Um, it was it was crazy. Um, in the morgue, we cut to the morgue, the current thing, and the scientist is on the bed, and we see him get up. And one piece of detail that I loved was he's walking around with a toe tag on. Yes. And I was like, "You don't see that enough." No, you don't. 
guys on that table should have a fucking toe tag. Definitely should have toe tags. Toe tags for sure. Like that's awesome. Like I was so happy about that. It, it was. It's like the little details. It was like in um. The, the, you, I wanted to say that before, and I forget at which point, but it is the little details that he puts into this. Yeah, it was like so Revenge awesome. of the Living Dead, like with the like the butterflies. The wings moving? Yeah, yeah, like where it's not, they don't even focus in on it to be like, oh, spooky, dead yeah. bugs flapping their wings. It's in the background, and you're just like, oh, that's fucking awesome. Right. Like, it's the makings of a good movie. Yeah, yeah, just like somebody that actually cared about making it and didn't just like take a shit and be like, here you go. Yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> there you go. I'll like, cast Crispin Glover in it. <laughs> don't I do I forgot we were doing that movie tonight too. Fucking Wizard of Gore, the remake. Wizard of That's Gore. Armando. Thanks, Armando. <laughs> that was something. Uh anyway, uh so Atkins questions them. They give everything up. Uh we see the scientist get up, he's got the toe tag on. Um at the at the sorority where they cut a lot in a good movie, I've noticed they end up cutting a lot. We say that a lot in the good movies. We're like, oh, they yeah, kind so of jumps not around. Bored, <laughs> yeah, bored to tears <laughs> yeah. like every other movie we watch, <laughs> where we talk about a scene for like sixteen minutes in one spot. Um, the girl at the dorm, um, we would found out, um, we'd found out that the cat died. I, I think I guess by the zombie. But they mentioned it like the girls are like, oh, she'd be devastated if if she found out the cat died. Somebody was like, did you tell her about the cat? I'm like, no, she'd be devastated. Right. Um, and we cut to that girl's room. She hears something at the door. She opens it. It's her cat. And she's like, oh, Gordon. And she picks it up. And it was fucking disgusting zombie cat. zombie cat. It was so fucking His face bot- is all like half off. Oh, yeah. It was so decayed. gross. Um, and while that's happening, Cindy and Bradster have a have a blowout on the phone. Hey, babe, it's the Bradster. Hey, babe. Dude, he's so <laughs> fucking gross. And he's always drinking, like, martinis and shit. That dude is, like, in the Rat Pack. Like yeah, he reminded me of a... Oh, oh the Rat Pack. Yeah. 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 It, he reminded me of a Spader in um, Pretty in Pink. Yeah. Or that. Oh, yeah. That, you know what? That's probably... If you asked Decker about it, he'd probably be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you notice every line was the same? <laughs> Didn't you notice it was James Spader? <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, should we mention too, speaking of like talking to people that shouldn't be talking to our show because we're just a bunch of idiots. Um, so in the episode of um, Murder Party, Joe tweeted the director and was like and said, because me and Joe were talking about if uh, – Hellhammer, the dog, was named after Mayhem or the Celtic Fro- Frost. Celtic Frost. And I was like, that guy's not going to respond. Responded he, immediately. He responded immediately <laughs> and confirmed. And he was like. And I said the name of the, the movie wrong. He didn't even correct me. Yeah, yeah. What a and, nice guy. And, yeah, very nice guy. And he was like, he, his, his, his response was like, um, Mayhem, of course. Of course, yeah. And he said, uh, like, one of the main guys, Alexander, was the guy that came up with that. Yeah. And then his wife liked that tweet, <laughs> which I was like, oh, it's cool, I guess. It's, it's like what my wife would do. It's like a conversation she's not involved in, just proud of her husband talking to people about bullshit. Uh, yeah, so that was cool. Um, I thought you were going to tell me James Spader reached out. <laughs> yeah, James Spader reached out and been like, how come you haven't done pretty? <laughs> <laughs> um, Less than zero is pretty scary. Yeah. Uh, at the guy's dorm. At our, <laughs> less than zero. At the guy's dorm. That's a good movie. I agree. I haven't seen that uh, in a while. <laughs> I haven't seen that <laughs> Great, great movie. <laughs> we know some people. Like it. Uh, at the guy's dorm, Cindy swings by. Um, 
And she's like, I just looked you up and came over here. I'm going to tell you something. Cindy is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. At the end scene when she is carrying a flamethrower around. Oh, yeah. She's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. <laughs> she's an angel in a flamethrower. It's perfect. It, dude, she is gorgeous. Is she in anything else? I have no idea. Look her up. Um, Jill Whitlow is her name. She's amazing. She's a good actress, too. And... um but she shows up at their door unexpectedly and clearly like, I don't want to say like into these guys, but she might be a little bit smitten with Chris at this point. She, she's, she's feeling it. She's like, those dudes are all right. Um, and it, all I could think about was like, man, that was like my dream at that age was just like one beautiful girl being like, like coming after me yeah, and not being like me being like, please save me. <laughs> like, that's all I wanted. And this girl does it. And Chris and this guy are like, hey, hey what's up? <laughs> um, but Cindy's like, you know, I want to talk to you about something. They go on a walk and uh, Cindy reveals the whole cat story, how she watched them bury the cat. And then it showed up. Um, and Cindy tells Chris, she's like, I think it's zombies because his head exploded and slugs fell out. And Chris is just like, OK, I think I'm going to bring you home now. What I again, what I appreciate about these movies sometimes is like you don't need to like over explain it. We don't need a scene of Cindy being like, I don't know what happened. Like this guy showed up and he looked weird. He looked funny. And then his head exploded. Like, OK, like she she was like, Dude, I think this motherfucker was a zombie. Like if we saw a zombie at our window, we'd be like, <laughs> that guy's dead. I know this is crazy, <laughs> but there was a dead guy at my door today. You're, you're absolutely right. And it was like awesome. Like, it's just nice to see that. And like, of course you'd be like. And it doesn't drag on. And the person that she's telling it to was obviously like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and But not even like over the top, like, you're insane. Like, was just like, all right, I think you need to get some rest. Like, there's something up here. Um, but like still being like polite. Uh, JC leaves though while they're walking and he goes and sits on a toilet where the stall reads striper, striper rules. <laughs> striper is striper the Christian band? Yes. That Bloodstain Lane claims is like one of the best bands ever. <laughs> yes. And we're, Chris Jericho, huge we're, fan. We're big Bloodstain Lane fans. Ri- yes. And Richard Christie. <laughs> you jerk job <laughs> mutts. <laughs> Richard Christie. So so um, Chris Jericho. Pro wrestler. Pro wrestler, one of my favorites of all time, has a great podcast if you're interested in it. It's not just wrestling based, it's movie and music yeah. based. Heavy and metal and heavy Well, because he's in metal he's in a you know a classic metal band, mm-hmm. like that type of sound. And he had an episode where Richard Christie and uh Howard Jones from Killswitch Engage came on and they just talked about Christian metal and Richard Christie talked about Striper was his favorite band and they ended the episode by seeing how many Christian metal bands they can name and like just went back and forth and they just like see how many striper songs they can name and like Richard Christie was saying all the like the backup drummers how, how he, like, <laughs> he like cried when he met one of them. So, it was nuts. Richard Christie is so stupid. His other favorite band is King Diamond. I did know that. I knew King Diamond. Such was, contrast. Dude, it's so insane. Like it's so weird. It's so weird. He's like from like the deep south. So I think that might be why he got into Christian metal. All three of them. Dude. Richard, it's your dad. <laughs> Do you remember those calls his dad would call him? Oh, yeah. Be like, the possum had babies. 
Howard Stern would be like, what the fuck is going on at your farm? And then the dad would be like, yeah, we just ate him. Like, There's nothing better, dude, than when he wanted to meet Metallica, but he had to get that smegma smeared on his So fucking gross. <laughs> so gross. Um, so JC's sitting on the toilet, um, and he hears some like crazy-ass noises. Uh, there's a janitor walking around who's been zombified by the zombie scientist, which we didn't mention earlier. And he's the one in the bathroom. His head explodes. Slugs go everywhere. Um, and um, quick thinking, JC. Yeah. Reaches for a book of matches, which is just conveniently on the just, yeah, just lying there. <laughs> and he lights it on fire and like. Holds it for a very long time. And one of the slugs just, slugs runs, just into runs right into it. <laughs> and he realizes they can be burned. Yes. Um, yeah. I wish this movie was slugs. <laughs> I mean, Night of the Creeps is a great name. I just wish they released I think it. Night of the Creeps is a great name. It's an amazing name. But I just wish they released it twice and got rid of the real the slugs. Real slugs. <laughs> and just called this slugs. Because it works, man. It, it does. Fucking works. It, it does. Yeah. Why not call it slugs? I mean, the reason they probably didn't call it slugs is because I'm actually slugs. so mad that you just reminded me about slugs. Uh, somebody just, uh, Stevie Webb, our homie from London, yeah. he just sent in his Patreon pics. Slugs is on there. Unfortunately. But he has two other. He had Dolly Dearest and, um, oh, Cellar Dweller. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. It's awesome pick. <laughs> awesome picks and then slugs. And yeah, I think we even talked about slugs yeah, on for Creature Features. Feature, but we were like, uh, they attack people. You don't ever see slugs. You can just buy salt. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was what it was. They were like, oh, salt kills. Like everyone knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's like the first thing you learn in science class. Like second grade science class. It's like throw salt in slugs and it melts them. <laughs> so mean. <laughs> It totally is. It's so fucking cool. Slugs don't bother anyone. Could you imagine? Okay, we really need to talk about this movie. I was honestly about to go into how slugs feel when they're <laughs> salted. Sluggish. Holy shit. <laughs> Feeling a little sluggish. Paul would have loved that joke. Dude, <laughs> Paul's probably laughing right now listening. <laughs> um... Yeah, so he ignites one of the slugs, but we he he falls and uh, we see a slug unfortunately lunge for his face. So looks like old JC might have met his demise here, but we we don't know yet. Um, meanwhile, Cindy invites Chris to formal tomorrow. I've never seen a kid uh, fight harder to not have a date for formal. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, and again, like that's just my dream, like a beautiful girl being like, let's go to the dance. Like it's all I ever wanted, and obviously it didn't happen. And uh, and Chris is like, yeah, but you have a boyfriend. And she's like, don't worry about it. And he's like, yeah, but I think you you have one, right? And she's like, come on, man. And he <laughs> says like one other thing. He's like, I don't know. And she's like, just fucking go with me. And he's like, all right. <laughs> if I have to. Uh, he's fighting hard to have that. Uh, and uh, he walks away and he meets Atkins, who's like nose to nose with him. <laughs> about to plant one right on his lips. Uh <laughs> Kissing Atkins' furry <laughs> lip. Uh, <laughs> uh, Atkins and Chris share a, like a bourbon together, and uh, Atkins—they're—they're they're just having a heart to heart about high school sweethearts. And we reveal Atkins was the young cop. Yes. Um. That that told his ex girlfriend to go beat it, and that was his girlfriend. And then he later responded. 
To the murder. To the murder. Yes. What? That's fucking devastating. PTSD. Is like, is this movie about PTSD? It's all no, but I bet you somebody wrote that. Of course they did. <laughs> you can find an an analysis on how this is PTSD, and it'll make zero sense except for this scene. <laughs> um, and he keeps calling him Spanky. He calls him Spanky. What is he? Oh, Alfalfa and Spanky. Yeah. He calls these two kids, which Chris adopts like it was a loving nickname. <laughs> it was totally an insult. Like later, he's like, he he comes to him to tell him uh, JC died, and uh, he's like. Alfalfa's dead. And you're like, Christ, kid. It's your friend. Owned by his fucking name. Um, yeah, and uh, and Atkins also reveals his uh, scene was awesome. So after that, it's like this, like kind of like poignant moment. And then Atkins like, so you know what I did? And Chris is like, I don't think you should be telling me anymore. It was awesome because like you're like, what would you be saying? Because you're like, like that, like Atkins' eyes are like, like crazy. And he's he explains that he went out and murdered that dude. Like, not as a police officer, like, as revenge. Yeah. Like, found that guy, shot him in the chest, and fucking buried him where the sorority house now is. His his corpse is under the the, the house mom's cottage or whatever it's yeah. called. Um, and Chris looks mortified the entire time. It Rightfully keeps, so. Yeah, it keeps cutting to Chris, who's like, stop telling me, <laughs> stop telling me. And like, he says it over and over again. He's like... I'm pretty sure you're telling me you murdered somebody and I don't want to hear anymore. <laughs> like, he is very adamant about it. Um, and immediately cut to the cottage where a fucking axe zombie arm pops out of the fucking floorboards and slaughters the house mom. Yes. So good. Who's watching Plan 9 from Outer Space. Plan 9 from Outer Space. Um, so I also why lo- haven't we done that? Somebody has it as a pick. Awesome. I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm almost positive. Um, because it's also like, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be good to talk about. It's going to be great. I mean, we should probably just do an Ed Wood month. Yeah. Because you could burn through those. Like, you don't have to say much. Like, there's so much insane shit. You'd be there all day. You, you have to just highlight those <laughs> flicks. Like, you can't be like, okay. And then fucking Tor Johnson <laughs> fucking shows up mumbling incoherently. Because <laughs> that's what he does in every scene in his movies. Um, <clears throat> the cops show up so fast at every one of these crime scenes. I love it. Like, again, it's not like, where are the police? Where are the police? Like, the cops are, like, there, like, five minutes later. And they're like, where the fuck is this guy? And they're looking for him. Uh, two cops find him. They chase him. They corner him in an alley. All the cops show up. But, like, the the zombie's back is to them. So, like, you, I mean, it's definitely a zombie. But, like, I guess as a human, you're like, that's not, it can't be a zombie. It's just got to be some ragged-ass dude. Right. Doesn't Atkins say something like, I already killed you, you son of yeah, a bitch? Yeah, yeah. Like, Atkins knows. And Atkins is on to the whole thing now. Um, and the, the corpse turns around, and every cop is like, what the fuck? But not, again, not like, because then Atkins is like, shoot. And everyone shoots and unloads this guy. And Atkins pops him once in the head, blows his head off. And uh, slugs go everywhere. Mm-hmm. So no one's really put together the slugs thing yet. No. They've seen them, but no one's been like, that's weird. <laughs> Except for one person. JC. Yes. Is that the next scene? Um, oh, well, we see a montage of like preparation for the formal. We see like the kids preparing for the formal, getting all dudded up, spliced with slugs, just running amok, like just <laughs> running all around campus. Um and inside Chris's room, he's getting ready for formal. 
Um, and he sees a tape recorder and it says, listen. So he listens and it's JC's final message to him. And he doesn't sound too hot. He's like, <laughs> he's like, one got me. It's taking over my brain. Um, and he, I guess he reveals where he is, right? Or he says, he says where he is. And he also says that, uh, he discovered they don't react well to fire. Yes. Um, so Chris goes to find the body, which he does in the boiler room and it's, he's already been dead and melting. So melting slugs melt. <laughs> Do they? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> wait, is that what happens? Yeah. You said that before. I thought they like they just bubble and like liquefy. That's disgusting. Oh, it's terrible. That's what I was going to say. Like imagine being a slug. <laughs> imagine somebody like, oh, I guess it would be like us and a giant hand comes out of the sky and is like, I'm just going to pour acid all over you. And you're just like, whoa, <laughs> it's, it's like so slow. I mean, I've done it. And I was like, I remember as a kid, I did it. And I was like, this is the most horrifying thing I've ever <laughs> done. Sociopath. Um, Brad then shows up to to Cindy's loaded, completely loaded. Um, but before he goes to talk to Cindy, he sees a zombie dog who shoots a slug in his mouth. Yes. Awesome. I love the zombie animals in this. Like, <laughs> they just went all for it in this movie. I love it. Um, Chris goes to Atkins. He tells him everything about the slugs and JC, what he knows. Um, and is that when he reveals he's like, he's like, they go into your brain. He, he just lays it all out. Yeah, they go into your mouth. He's like, they go into your mouth. They get into your brain. They lay eggs and they hibernate and uh, or whatever they call it when like you're incubate. incubate. They incubate while you walk around dead or alive. Doesn't fucking matter. And then your head explodes and they are born. <laughs> and like Atkins is like, makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then Atkins turns off the gas in his house. Like he was like going to blow himself. He's going to kill himself. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking brutal. Um, which he gets the opportunity to do later. So good for him. Um, uh, oh, uh, a bus comes, picks up the uh, frat yep. to go to the sorority. Immediately crashes. <laughs> <laughs> this is up there with the Texas Chainsaw van crash in terms of like losing Oh, oh the 3D one? Yes. Texas it, Chainsaw. It's not. But it's it not. is kind of because, okay, so the bus is driving and then the bus driver sees a dog pretty far away, like easily could hit the brakes and takes like the slowest, most non <laughs> nonchalant turn. I am in agreement. That is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, the way he turns the wheel, like, it's like a normal turn. Like, it was like, eh, I'm just going to casually turn to the right. And then all of a sudden the bus just explodes. <laughs> I agree. But at least it's a big bus and you can argue. <laughs> yeah, you lost control. Of it. Yeah, you're right. Texas Chainsaw was just a, a slash tire. <laughs> and, they, and, they drive. <laughs> and they were driving straight for so long. <laughs> <laughs> you're right it's so much worse they drove straight for like a mile before just flipping it, it just flips <laughs> so stupid they probably filmed that being like okay you're gonna cut out to the point you're gonna cut out like the beginning part of this like this is like the whole shot and like you know the trip wires like all the way at the end like so you just cut the beginning and they were just included the whole but it's still that still wouldn't explain why it flips no i mean no not at all um so, so, uh, uh, so the bus flips, bus flips, um, Atkins goes to the police, like weapons depot. What the, do you remember? Do you know that actor's name? I can't think of that guy's name. Dick Sargent or Dick, Dick. Is it Dick Sargent? Wait, who? Um, the guy that plays the cop that's giving him the weapons. Oh, um, fuck. I'll look it up. I was just looking at it. I, I think his name's Dick. 
He's in other it movies. Him. <laughs> Either way, I mean, he looks like one. He's so funny. He's a great comedian. Um, fuck, man. And he's only in it for like two seconds. So, yeah. Dick Miller. Yes. That's his name. Um, so Dick Miller is this cop who like, you know, handles the weapons. So Tom Atkins is like, hey, buddy, uh, can we get a flamethrower? And Dick Miller's like, yeah, sure, man. Here, uh, I'll go grab that flamethrower for you. And he like pulls it out and he's like, I'm going to need to see your requisition form. Dude, we give Tom Atkins some shit on this show. This is like one of the coolest fucking scenes. I, I don't know. Like, I thought he was so fucking cool in Wait, this scene. Isn't Dick Miller the guy from Terminator who also gives the Terminator the guns? Correct. Nice. That's that's, that's what he does yeah. all the time. Yeah. He, I mean, he was like a really big comedian. Like, I think like in the, I want to say like the sixties or something like that. And then he just got these bit parts. I think he's in like every Fred Decker movie. There's bit parts where he gives people guns. Yeah. it's <laughs> awesome. Uh, but he, um, he's like, I'm going to need to see that requisition. And Atkins with like some of the coolest dialogue here is cause he's just laughing the whole time. Like trying to be cool, which is like totally uncool. Cause he's just laughing. Like as soon as he goes down there, he's like, Hey, Hey, I'm going to need a flamethrower. Um, and the guy's like, you know, we need to see the form. And Atkins is like, yeah, thing about that form is uh, I don't have one. And you're going to give me that. And the guy's Dick Miller's like, hey, man, you know, I can't do that. And he's like, yeah, you're going to do that. And then he just points a shotgun at a cop's face. And he's like, you're going to give me that. And Dick Miller obviously gives him the fucking flamethrower. Um at the sorority house, Zombrad knocks on the door. Zombrad? Did you coin that? <laughs> yeah. Nice. I like it. Zombrad. Uh, Zombrad knocks on the door. <laughs> they open it. Um, and we also see the uh, entire frat bus coming to life at the same time. They cut and they show that all the frat boys are coming back to life. They've all been infected, I guess, by the Zom dog that was in the street. Um, <clears throat> Cindy goes downstairs to have a heart-to-heart with Zombrad, who, who's... Dude, they're sitting on the front steps and like Cindy's on like a step ahead of them. Fucking Brad. I honestly like got a little sick. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Brad I, looks disgusting. Brad looks disgusting. And it's even grosser when he just like opens his mouth and slugs, slugs are falling. <laughs> and I love this scene. It's so good. And Cindy's just sitting there and it's like a close up of Cindy. So all you really see is like Brad's leg like next to her on yeah. a step above her. And they're sitting down. And all you see is Cindy talking and these slugs just dropping <laughs> right next to her. It is so fucking vile. It, because it's terrifying and humorous at the same time. Yeah. It's like it, the perfect blend. And it's also just gross. Because then it like pans up to Brad and his mouth's just open. And there's like a slug. He's <laughs> like a vet, drooling vegetable. <laughs> it's so fucking gross. Um, uh, but thank God uh, Atkins and Chris show up. Cindy, get away from it. And Chris roasts Zombrad like... <laughs> Like, dude, just like Cindy steps away and he just lights this motherfucker on fire. And he goes, sorry, Brad, don't take he, he <laughs> Don't take it personal. I've, I feel like when they were in the car, Atkins is like, All right, I'm going to tell you some shit to say. I'm going to tell you some cool fucking one liners, Chris, you fucking nerd. You, you ain't going to get away with being Charlie Brown on this fucking case. And they are the best team. These two. Yeah, they're great. I wanted Chris and Atkins for for life. Um, Chris gives Cindy the shotgun. And then he ends up giving her a flamethrower, so I don't know how that happens, but whatever. Um, but he gives her the shotgun first, and all the zombies end up showing up at the same time. And then we get the classic, because uh, Atkins runs into the sorority to make sure everyone's okay. And we get the classic line of, I got good news and bad news, girls. Good news is your dates are here. And this girl's like, what's the bad news? They're dead. 
Great line. Dude, it's so corny and so fucking awesome. Like, it's there's perfect. like, it makes you smile when you hear it. Like, it's so fucking good. This movie is five stars, 100%. Um, and the, the zombie makeup uh, is good. really good. Everything is good. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, it wasn't like so comedic that they failed to make it scary or or spooky or whatever, gory. Yeah. Like, it, they kept... It was a horror movie, straight up. Oh, it was. Like, yeah. it, that's what's be- great about it. Um, and uh, Chris switches with Cindy, gives Cindy the flamethrower. He takes the shotgun. And Chris is shooting heads, and Cindy is roasting fools, like, just roasting them, like, just cooking everything. And I love the way it was shot, too, because they're, like, being cornered in on, and uh. you can see, like, Cindy's kind of, like... Taken aback, like doesn't yeah, really yeah, want to yeah, start yeah, doing yeah. this. But then when it's time to, they're yeah, just she's, like, she's all it. for it. Yeah. She is, she's such a babe, man. And then this is also when uh, a z- z- zombies break into the house and we get the duck, it's Miller time. I still, I like, I want to ask someone about that. Like, why does he say that? There's Maybe there's like a, like a reference. Like- well, he has a gun, right? I was gonna say, is that a reference to Dick Miller? But. Yeah. I don't think so. I think that's a stretch because he's not in that scene. No, but I was, I mean, there's so many like references to other people, but yeah, it's not in the scene. Like if it was the flamethrower. It's a, it's a reference to Dennis Miller. <laughs> he's a big fan of stand-up. I just love Dennis Miller. <laughs> just wanted to say hi to him. Um, I would probably do that if I was a fan of a celebrity and I wrote a movie. I just like put something in there with their name in it. So Fuck, that way when Lundgren time. <laughs> <laughs> so when I met them, I'd be like, okay, man, I put you, I said your name in this movie. <laughs> They'd be like, oh. Cool. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So uh, Atkins is fighting off zombies um, inside. Everyone's he's just shooting everyone. Everyone's screaming. Um, Cindy and Chris lock themselves in a tool shed, and as soon as they do it, you're like, "What a shitty idea!" And then Chris is like, "This was a terrible idea." <laughs> yeah. Like, and you're like, "That's so fucking good!" Like. That's awesome. And we get a great lawnmower scene. He lawnmowers the zombie's head. Um, that was good. Which came out before, this came out before Dead Alive. Yeah. And it's funny they say that because those puppets in the beginning reminded me of a Peter, Peter Jackson. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah. That's weird. Um, they noticed that the slugs are going into the basement. Chris is like, uh, why are they going into the basement? And Cindy is like, oh, there's brains down there. Which I don't know why the slugs are attracted to brain. Oh, yeah. So the slugs smell brain. <laughs> this movie's too good, man. <laughs> Outsmarted me. Uh, Chris goes in. He's telling everyone to get out of the house. Um, the sorority girls are all running out. He gets to the basement. Tom Atkins is down there with duct tape over his mouth. Smartest move ever that I've ever seen in my life. Like, he looks like an idiot. And at first I was like, what the fuck is this idiot? Like, I was like, did somebody capture him? Like, I was so confused. And then I was like, oh, he's like, he doesn't want the slugs going. Yeah, Yeah. dude, it's so fucking good. Um, But he immediately just takes it off (laughs) to talk to them. Um, And Atkins, uh, oh, dude, Atkins grabs a slug out of midair. A slug tries to dive for his mouth and he just fucking grabs it. It's so good. This movie's so good. Um, And we see a giant slug hive. And I imagine they're just like on the brains, the bottles of brains trying to get in and stuff. Um, Atkins starts throwing gas everywhere, though. Like they're kind of like they don't know what to do. Atkins is throwing gas everywhere and he starts counting down to from 20. Just 
not not saying anything. He just starts going 20, 19. And then he looks at Chris and just gives that fatherly smile. Yeah. Just, I love you, Chris. <laughs> Kiss my mustachioed face one more time. <laughs> uh, Chris and Cindy run, though. Obviously, he's counting down to blow the place up. Um, just as the slugs jump at Atkins, lights his lighter, place <laughs> explodes like there was C4 in the basement. And Cindy plants one on Chris at the end. Yes. You think it's going to end there. But it doesn't. Because the dog. Is that you going to? The dog. Do we Zombie watch? Atkins. What? You watched the alternate ending? Oh, I didn't know that was the alternate ending. Yeah. Oh, so what happens in your ending? It The dog that caused the, the bus to flip over is it like reappears and the slug comes out of its mouth. Okay. That's a good ending. Because I was like, poor zombie Atkins. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm aware of the, that. Yeah. But um, the dog one's the original ending. So then do you see the cemetery scene? Okay. So in the alternate ending, zombie Atkins. Also, also, I love this scene. So I'm not even going to complain about it. But at first you're like, oh, man, I didn't want this fate for Atkins. Like, dude, zombie Atkins is walking around with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Lit. Smoke a zombie smoking a cigarette and then falls, his head splits, and the slugs come out. Then we follow the slugs as they crawl under this gate and this pan out, and it says um Crest Ridge Cemetery. So I'm like, oh, okay, sent up for a sequel. But then the UFO comes back. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's when I was like, well, I really didn't need this <laughs> because not only did the UFO, the UFO is flying like again, like like the meteor. It's like 10 feet above Earth. Like no military would be like, what is this giant? Air-? It, and it is not a small aircraft. It's like it's like the destroyer from Star Wars. Like it is like the size of the planet just floating over Earth. And not only is it floating over Earth. They're using spotlights on the cemetery looking for the slugs. Come on, get the fuck out of here. And that's how it ends. Nice. For the alternate ending. That's so funny that that was an alternate ending. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I should probably check these uh, DVDs before I put them in. I would. I wish they would. <laughs> um, I don't even know what I was saying. You said, I wish. Oh, I wish that. Uh, they would just bring back because none of them are literally none of them are doing anything these days. Just bring back Decker, Lively, do the Atkins, run it and, back, and the uh, the girl. Lively is at um, Scaracon. He always is. <laughs> That's not even a knock against him. He's literally always there. Yeah, he always has the Night of the Creeps thing that he's promoting. What's he promoting? Not promoting. Just like oh, hey, oh I yeah. was the Night of the Creeps. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get those yeah. DVD sales up. Uh, yeah, good for him though. Good for him. Um, by the time this airs, we'll have gone to Wizard World. Yeah. For the horror fest hosted by Bloody Disgusting. <laughs> and hopefully we get in and shit. Still, <laughs> we'll figure it out. Might be pissed at recording my next intro, but, you know, whatever. Um, so, that's Night of the Creeps. Next week, Wizard of Gore from 2007. <laughs> the remake. Yeah, which, with the four biggest overactors of all time, which you can't pirate. I'm gonna admit to this one: you can't pirate this one. Uh, we tried, um, but it's on YouTube, just with some Spanish subtitles. So yeah. check it out, man. No, don't. Yeah, check it out. Watch the original first if you haven't. 
and uh, then check out the new one. Anyway, what am I talking about this on this one? Okay, guys, Wizard of Gore next week. Uh, do we have anything else to promote? No. Nothing, nothing. So, um, yeah, facebook.com slash I hate horror, I hate horror.com. Um, I still haven't put the hats back up, so probably this week. Um, and that'll be at store.ihatehorror.com. We have a new shirt coming out very soon, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, I'm on Twitter at I Hate Horror Show and Instagram and Snapchat at I Hate Horror. I'm at Jovi421, Boognish1985, and Horror Show Joe. Yeah, make sure you rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. We really appreciate it. We're back up in those top ranks above 100, knocking the shit out of uh, some podcast. I don't know. It sounds like a Fox. Fuck. <laughs> Nothing rhymes with Um, (laughs) (laughs) all right, we gotta go. All right, guys, thank you all so much. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. If you do, I have stickers, shitloads of them. So email me, Sean at IHateHorror.com, and uh, I'll send you some stickers. Um, Patreon.com, if you can help monetarily, you can go there. I'm actually gonna be giving out pins for (laughs) pins. Uh, as a gift to Patreon members, uh, me and Joe are going to be recording some Patreon stuff while we're at the con tomorrow. Um, and yeah, and hopefully we're going to start doing actual episodes like I keep promising and never do. <laughs> so I feel really bad about that. But um, that's why I'm doing the pins for you guys. I'm going to do a three pin set Patreon members get for free. And then we'll put it up for sale afterwards. So um, that's it, man. So for Joe, this is Sean. Stay weird. Thank you. Adios. Adios.